I was, you know, getting ready to make dinner and everything and chopping up and I had a knife and I just had a really big mental breakdown and, you know, you sort of hold it where you want to go and nothing really runs through your mind, which is really scary. You don't really think and I was in tears and just so happened that my dog walked in at the right time and I looked down at him and dropped the knife and broke down into tears and... At the Pottery Studio, we would like everyone who comes through the door to find stillness through the pottery process. We believe the mindful aspect of working with clay is beneficial to one's mental health. As we approach November, we'd like to do our bit to raise awareness for mental health. And this year, we've asked some guys to put their hands up and just jump behind the mic and have a general chat about their position on the topic and how they've dealt with their own struggles. The idea is to create a space where guys feel comfortable opening up and hopefully becomes a catalyst for other guys to speak up when they're feeling low. We'll also be donating all the proceeds from men who come try one of our classes at the studio this November and they'll be going to Grab the Life by the Balls Charity and the Movember Foundation. Hope you enjoy. Hey guys, we're back on the Stillness Podcast. Uh, Rod and Jai are hosting Harry. How are you going, Harry? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good, good. Sorry. Tell us a bit about yourself before we delve into uh, mental health. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my name's Harry Baird. Uh, I'm on a podcast called The Move Freely uh, with my co-host Sophie, originally from Adelaide, uh, South Australia, uh, living on the sunny coast, been here for a year and a half, um, was a snowboarder for seven years and... Yeah, that's, that's me pretty much, hey. Left school, didn't like what I was doing and somehow found snowboarding. Yeah, awesome. You, you're still riding or? Uh, on the coast? <laughs> I've changed from the snowboard to the surfboard, <laughs> which was a big struggle. Uh, don't have any upper body strength. I like lifts because they take you out to where you want to go. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. I snowboard when I can. We haven't been in the last year, obviously, due to everything that's going on, but we'll be in New Zealand next year for a a bit of a trip, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should get a jet ski, just do some tow-ins, you know. Dude, I'm, cheap, yeah, cheap, you know. I want to get a little like cheap one. I don't think they're cheap though, nah. but we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back on topic. Yes. Mental health question, right? <laughs> so, what uh, what comes to your mind first when we say men, men's mental health? Uh, yeah, for me, so for men's mental health, it's literally uh, my circle of friends when I think of men's mental he- health. So I've got um, a real good core group of friends that I keep in touch with regularly and it's only been in the last year or two that I've really spoken to all of them in regards to mental health whether it be theirs mine ours whoever's um it's something that I've really tried to bring up in my friendship group because I think it matters and you know there's a lot more coverage of it lately um so yeah I think that's for me it's being more awareness in my own circle of friends bringing that up how has it been introducing that to your circle generally on, on my own mental health. I've got a very good friend of mine called Brandon who lives in the Gold Coast and we talk regularly, you know, probably at least twice, three times a week and on one of those chats, you know, he might be like, man, I'm having the shittest Monday. I just, I'm not feeling up to it. Um, you know, all that type of talk and, you know, we talk about, you know, well, what are we doing, man? Like you literally left a nine to five to pursue photography and videography and, you know, be your own boss and do all that sort of stuff. He's like, yeah, I know. And now, you know, he's currently working for a dude who has 
all these old vintage, you know, like Ferraris and all that sort of stuff and taking photos of them and, you know, he takes photos of motorbikes and all this sort of stuff, you know. And Dream. Yeah. Outside, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, you've got a mortgage and everything to deal with as well. So there's definitely a lot of things outside of that perfect little realm which can bring on the stress and, you know, just to talk about it helps really. So you did mention yourself there that you had some of your own issues back. Did you want to delve into anything like that? Or? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so on the uh, on our podcast with uh, Sophie, we, we dived into this. And when I was, would have been 10, 11 or 12, I thought about suicide. Um, just in a very weird age, I guess. My parents are separated and it's nothing to do with them. Lovely parents raised me the best at their ability, I think, as any parent wants to do, right? Um, but I was in a very weird space with my own head. I wasn't really sure what I was doing and, you know, was I a good kid? Was I a bad kid? All my friends' parents were together. They all had brothers and sisters. I'm an only child. I really felt like an outcast. Um, so from there, it was just an, an afternoon. I was home by myself and I just had a really big mental breakdown and, you know, you sort of hold it where you want to go and nothing really runs through your mind which is really scary you don't really think and I was in tears and just so happened that my dog walked in at the right time and I looked down at him and dropped the knife and broke down into tears and from there I actually didn't tell anyone or anything until I was about 25 and that's when I told my parents about when what that happened and they felt they had failed as parents but it wasn't on them it was just in my own head and I've never thought about it since like as in trying to commit again and I've never had any of those thoughts. Yeah, I've had breakdowns and all that sort of stuff. But on that level, I've never had that again. It's pretty nuts for 10, 11, 12-year-old. Yeah. So <laughs> what happened? What, um, what got you out of it? Like, I mean, obviously you didn't tell your parents. So who did you tell? Your dog? Like yeah, your dog? literally. My Is dog it? kept that secret to his grave. Yeah, and that was the thing. It wasn't any anything or anyone. It was, I don't know why I f- was in such a in a down space and I'm not sure why my dog managed to make me not do anything um but I think animals do release oxytocin when you're patting them and very true around them. You do feel good. yeah they're, exactly maybe sure. their unconditional love to you I, that must be it hey he just walked in he's like hey man what are you doing it's put the knife down like come that. on let's go outside and hang out so I yeah I wonder if he sensed to come in I would not be surprised you know those types yeah. you know those weird things I've had similar serious um like scenarios with other animals. Uh, unfortunately, my granddad passed away while I was in Canada. And I went out sitting on a bench at the top of a hill um, in the snowfield, and it was bear season towards the end of the season. And literally, was just sitting out there. I was you know, upset and just thinking of him and whatnot. And all of a sudden, I just seen this big, like, shadow to my right. Being in Canada, the only thing you think of is a bear. And I literally shit myself when I looked, and it was just a golden retriever. And he just came up and sat next to me. And my granddad loved golden retreaters, loved like Labradors. And I was like, that's a sign, you know? So that was very strange. But yeah, so back onto that, I guess, I don't know why it, like the dog helped me get out of it, but Cuda, you know, rest in peace. I love that, that Labrador. And Shout out to Cuda. Yeah, he just, I don't know. And I only told my parents at the age of 25 after speaking to my girlfriend um, and telling her that, you know, this is what I'd gone through. And she's like, well, why haven't you told your parents? And I was ashamed. You know, it's a scary thing. And I think to tell your parents that, you know, I felt there was going to be repercussions of telling them. It's like, okay, if I tell them now, I'm then going to have to go see a counsellor. I'm then going to have to go see a psychiatrist. I'm going to have to go through all these things. It's like, let's just forget this ever happened. 
Just bury it down. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, you know, for some people, like myself, it worked. I think for others, it, it's not always the case. So, you know, looking back on it, I wish I had told my parents then. It could have been a different story. Um, but yeah. How do you think it impacted the next, like, six, six years, eight years of your teenage years? I think it didn't, it didn't impact anything. I really just moved on with my life. Mm. I thought this is... I'm not that type of person. I love to hang out with my friends, do yeah. fun shit, go yeah. skateboarding, you know, all that stuff, surf life saving. You know, I have too much to lose out on to really think about what else is going on. What was the trigger, do you think, at that time as to why you did that? Um, I think being coming into that teenage year, all your hormones are very all over the shop. I was moving... Like I was week on, week off with my parents. My mum lived an hour and a half out of Adelaide. So, And being committed to soccer, like what I was, I was training Monday to Friday, two games on a Saturday, game on a Sunday. I had a lot of requirements. Plus, you know, during summer it was all surf life-saving and whatnot. So I felt like I had a lot on and just moving around a lot and, you know, always going to friends' houses and seeing happy families and whatnot. And I was like, well, why can't I have that? I haven't got a brother or sister. And I think it's something to do along those lines. But to be fair, man, it was so long ago. I'm just glad I'm here. <laughs> do you think if you went through something like that now you'd have better techniques or do you have ideas of something you would do now to help? yeah a hundred percent you know i you know regularly have down days i think everyone does it's just part of being a human I think. exactly yeah, I and i think so. it's being self-aware of when you're having those down days and as to why you're having those down days it's like okay okay i can be down it's fine i'm not having a great day but why am i down and if you can sort of backtrack on to as to why maybe you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you go right today's not my day fuck it mm. you know you, you can't let one day control the outcome of your life i think with you said you lived in canada for a while was there ever any issues with like i know like we've had three people so far on the podcast that said they had issues with substances over there was there anything that came up where you weren't you know advice to people that are going over there sort of definitely how to deal with stuff like that yeah so I spent four years in Canada, five years in – oh, no, four seasons in Canada, five seasons in New Zealand, um, collectively six and a half, seven years of travelling. Mm. Um, New Zealand, I never had a problem. Uh, in Canada, weed is so readily available over there, you know, being 21 and older. It's part of that culture, hey? It's yeah, yeah, 100%. It is brought up – like, with kids, kids are not phased. It's like alcohol to them. Yeah. Yeah. They know that they can only have it at a certain age, right? So when it comes down to, you know, kids using it and abusing it when they're younger, I think that's just the environment that you're brought up in. Mm. Um, but being an Aussie going over there for a working holiday and, like, going to have fun and travel and meet people, yeah. you can definitely get caught up in it. I have friends who did one season and know they, they can't go back because they just got addicted to the white stuff. And that's not snow, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Um, for me personally, I think I probably got way too much into weed you know there was a point where I was just doing it every day morning afternoon and night and you know I, yeah it, it wasn't good and I knew that at the time but I was like well I'm never going to do this again you know and even though I went back a year or two years later to Canada I was a bit more mature enough to be like look I can enjoy it it's legal but you know it, you can't be doing it every 10 seconds <laughs> 
Yeah, fair enough. I feel like still the just say no thing in Australia doesn't work the same way. Like at least in Canada, you're saying do the kids don't abuse stuff over there. Like it's not. It's not. You know, it's like you know when you went to high school and you had those kids who were getting alcohol and having fake IDs. Yeah. You know, there's a very small minority who are doing that. Yeah. It's exactly like that in Canada. There's a small minority who are actually getting onto it early, um, compared to those kids who are brought up. And just educated, that's all it is. You know, if we can educate kids about, you know, alcohol and weed, you know, and all the drugs and talk about, you know, what come, what repercussions can come from that from starting early, then I think we can be in a good spot for a good future with all the kids, you know. This probably is, I think there's a blanket approach to all drugs. Yeah, 100%. Just thinking about it now. <laughs> it's like, you know, we look at alcohol, people don't see that as a drug, but it is, you know, and that, that's probably one of the biggest things. And, you know, and that's where, you know, a lot of mental health can come from, you know, because whatever a lot of you guys might be the same, you know, a lot of friends can turn to alcohol when they're in a down period. Oh, I see it a lot in the surfing community where I live. Like I know a guy that just got out of rehab and he didn't tell anyone that he was drinking two casts of wine a day. Holy dooly. Yeah, and he's just done his whole intestine in and he wasn't talking to anyone. But come off, started telling everyone, saw someone, and he's out surfing a shortboard for the first time in like five years. Like yeah, before right. That, he was just hiding away. We didn't even realise. Yeah. He sort of fell off the map. That's a scary thing. Yeah. Being a friend and not realising it because they're just covering it up so well. He just masks it so well. Yeah. He's the dude that was always cracking jokes and being funny and you just, I wouldn't have even seen it, you know, like. Yeah, I guess that's 100%. why this is so important. You've got to just sort of talk to your friends about things. There's definitely a culture change coming in, and I think with our generation, you know, yeah. between 20 and 35, there's a big change, and I think slowly the older generations are coming to that as well. It's, it's not feminine. It's not, you know, you know, all those types of you know, scenarios where, oh, you know, you can't tell your feelings because you cry and, you know, all that. You know, I don't know. Fuck, man, we're humans. We cry. We laugh. We have fun. We get angry, you know. You, I think dudes still try and suppress crying, though. Even in movies and stuff, they'll be like, no, they look away. Dude, like, no, if I watch Marley and Me, I'll, you'll get a tear out of me, 100%. <laughs> the dog movie? Yeah, bro. Right. It's always back to dogs, yeah, it's dude. Back to dogs, dogs are a big part of your life. That's good. Yeah, man, and dogs nice. will make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't bring up dogs too much. I don't know. He's gonna oh, no, yeah, you might get a tear if we start, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, um, yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, it definitely needs to be brought up more. Oh, yeah, actually, that's awesome. yeah, like no, yeah my dog. partner actually just lost her dog and she's, yeah, still... Oh, like true. Yeah. yeah, no, we've got a one-and-a-half-year-old puppy at the moment. She's everything. She's sick. She's yeah. psycho, though. <laughs> to be fair, her dog, it's 17, so it's lived a good life, but you still, when you lose that first family pet, it's oh, big. Yeah, it's big. 100%. I can relate. But, yeah, no, I, um, I'm very grateful for my friends that I have in my circle who, you know, are able to talk about it more. Um, and especially, you know... As a developing in my career, I'm talking to a lot of, you know, older dudes who are in their, you know, mid-40s, pushing 50, 60, and it's hard to sort of relate to them on, a, on that type of mental level because they still have that, you know, like, we're men, we're directors, we're CEOs, you know, it's either you put the hard work in or you can fuck off, <laughs> you know, and you're like, come yeah. on, man, like, I don't, yeah, like, I'm happy to work hard, but I also, if I'm having a down day and I can't work which is very rare, then don't get up me, you know? You're just going to make it worse. I think you look at it, they're probably the same generation that had a pretty high suicide rate because they're working so hard and not telling anyone what's going on. Yeah, so true. From that perspective. 
you know, and you look at, especially, and it's funny looking back at the past, we can always learn from the past, but, you know, guys would work all day, come home, see the wife and the kids for five minutes and be down the pub, mm. you know? Like, yeah. that's a crazy mentality to me. Like, there's no way I could do that now. The only good thing I see about the pub, just from who we talked to before you, um, definitely dudes need that tribal, you know, need the mates. And I think for some guys, even though they're drinking so much, it's probably not the best thing for mental health. Going to the pub with their mates is better than sitting and not talking to anyone at all. A hundred percent. At least having that mateship. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you said, you come from the surfing community, just being out the back with five of your mates is just as good as being at the pub almost. I'd say better. There you go. I'd say way better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like going to the pub, but... Yeah, exactly. If that's their thing, it gets them out of the house talking. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, it's th- then there's that next sort of block, being able to bring that conversation up and be like, hey, man, I'm not having a good time. You know, that's a tricky one. And I think that that is literally what it is. It's that first conversation to say, hey, I'm not good. You know, that's the hardest part of any of the conversation to bring up with a friend. Even if it's your dad, your mom, group of friends, just to say, hey, like, I don't think everything's okay. Mm. It's a tricky one. <laughs> Let's just go on to, you've got your best mate going through some stuff. What do you tell him? Shit, man, just talk it out. I'm here to listen. I'm not here to try and give you the best advice possible. You know, I, you can tell me everything that's going on, but at the end of the day, you need to make the choice and the decisions where you're comfortable with making those choices and decisions. But, you know, if you need to lay out, you know, these are my options, you know, what would you do? Then I can definitely tell you, in my opinion, what I would do. But at the end of the day, it's, it's your decision, your choice, and, you know, you've got to live with that. And that's the hardest thing as well, I think, with mental health, is that when you've got a problem that's on your mind and you need to make a decision you don't think of the positives on that decision. You go, well, what if this happens and then that happens and then, and it's always, it's generally pretty negative, right? Um, and that's why it can be hard to talk about mental health because you need to make a decision and a choice. And if, the only deci- and if the only outcome that you see out of those choices is negative, then why would you want to bring it up and see that anyways? I think your brain naturally does seek negative things. We've kind of evolved to only have, you know, seek out what could go wrong. I think sometimes you've got to just jump into a situation. Yeah. People overthink things for too long and get nothing done. You've got to just kind of like, just action. Yeah. Think. I think try and turn your brain off by doing things. And that's, it's, that's, I think that's half the reason the Pottery Studio does so well because you come here, you're thinking too much. As soon as you get into pottery, you kind of tune in, stillness starts, you know, it relaxes you after work. Yeah, I don't know. It's hundred percent. I've done. I've been here before. Yeah. It's sick, man. I got so into it. <laughs> or, or Jai, he was not keen on the podcast, but now he's probably our the Sunshine Coast greatest. Oh yeah, host. look at this. He's natural. Yeah, tag me in, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the radio will want you. <laughs> yeah, you got the face for radio. <laughs> Everyone always tells me that. I understand it. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah. I think there's been. I don't know, there's been a lot of things today, but there's been journaling or gratitude diaries we've had sitting with yourself and just feeling your emotions. We've also had the opposite, which is just letting it all out, talking about it. Um, They're all really different, but I suppose you just got to find what works for you and go for it. Like 100%. Like Jai just said, action's better than no action. 
Yeah. You would dwell on no action for years. Yeah. And then regret it. <laughs> just do it. It's a full spiral. Yeah. Just a circle of death and you just sit there just wallowing. You're like, man, I need to get out. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. And, and I think that's probably another key as well is to find what helps you best. Yeah. You know, I was never a writer in school. I, you know, never wrote journals or anything, but I find writing stuff down super helps now, mm. which is crazy. And alone time. There's something about help, um, like manifesting or creating, whatever word you want to use about writing it down, thinking about it, and then actioning it. Yeah. Like, you're more likely to action it if you write it down. Yeah. I think you get more, like, dopamine as well. If you write something down and you tick it off, like, as you do it, as you've got short-term goals, writing something down for me, like, I'll get so much more done throughout the day, and then my mental health is better. Yeah. Like, for sure. I definitely, like, even if I go in to work and I do a couple tasks and I haven't actually got them on my list, I'll write them down, then tick them off, and then Dude, keep it going. it so good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah man. I run a CRM for my work, which is a customer relationship management system. And you get your today's tasks. And generally there's about, I don't know, 18 to 25 on a busy day. It could be like 30 or 40. But like, you know, if you just sit there, just reel them off, it just starts dwindling down. You're like, man, I'm getting almost to the end of my day. If I go quicker, I could be done by two. The surf's pumping. You sound like me every day. I'm like, so how can I fit a surf in? Oh, 100%. 100%. That's why I'm up at like 4.30. I'm like, surf good? Like, where should I go? Bob's like, are you going to pack the kiln, the Savo? The pottery student? I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pack the kiln. Did you have any last sort of statements did you want to put out there for mental health before we wrap it up? Man, bring it to the forefront. Hey, like okay. if you actually yeah. have something going on, the more you dwell on it, the worse it can get and the more you, you're just wasting energy and time. Yeah. And that's two things one thing that is super hard to get back which you'll never get back is time so the more time you spend on this you're not going to get it back so if you can sort of bring it to the forefront talk to your mate talk to your missus talk to your mum, your dad whoever it is just bring it to the forefront and just actually action it like you said do something about it because if you dwell on it long enough who knows what could happen it is a vicious circle it'll just keep going round and round yep 100 percent scary Thanks, Harry. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you.